Passing Dimes is over the moon to partner with Betstamp. Betstamp is a mobile app in the sports betting space that shows you the odds from every sports book in one spot. Do you enjoy betting on the NHL, the NBA, the NFL, World Cup, or more? With Betstamp, you can compare the best available odds at one sportsbook versus the worst odds at another sportsbook all in one place. Go to the App Store today and download Betstamp for free and use code DIMES. That's D-I-M-E-S. For a limited time, Betstamp is offering you, a friend of the show, an opportunity to learn more about Betstamp and several sportsbooks where you can get an edge in online sports betting. Message the Passing Dimes Instagram or Facebook account for more information. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for today's guest, a new friend of the show. So she currently plays for the University of Hawaii. She's played indoor and beach. She's an All-American, and she was recently named to the U.S. Collegiate National Team. Please welcome to the show, Amber IGD. Amber, thanks for doing this. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Really excited. So, Amber, I... I I have to admit, we don't get too many NCAA athletes, and I'm glad you reached out. We just had Brooke Sador, who's an awesome Hawaii athlete. It's great to have you on the show. But uh, before we get to your Hawaii career, I just wanted to kind of set the stage for our listeners who haven't followed your career. Uh, where did it all start? How did you start playing volleyball? Uh, so I started playing volleyball in uh, fifth grade when I was 10 years old. Uh, it's actually a funny story. In fifth grade, we were like, in PE together and a girl comes out like drenched in sweat and we're like what did she just do and um I was like what is that and my sister was like oh that's volleyball yeah you don't want to do that that's way too hard like no 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 and so I was like as cliche as it sounds I was like "Ooh, I'm gonna try that sport so I tried the sport and um yeah that's when I tried out that's so cool. So was school sport kind of your passion for then? Or like, when did you discover like club ball or taking it a little bit more seriously? So I, um, it was fun from fifth grade, you know, to eighth grade. That was when you really, I was really trying to uh, just have fun at the sport and I wasn't as good. So I was like, okay, let me just see, you know, the fundamentals of everything. But I think I really started taking it seriously when I was 14, freshman year of high school. I knew I wanted to play in college at that point. So uh, some people might say uh, that's late to start club ball, but that's when I started and um, it was fun. So. And just for some of our listeners, uh, myself included, I'm not familiar with the, the club ball scene in Louisiana. Uh, did you guys have to travel a lot? Did you go to other states to play? Like uh, what was the, the local scene like? And then did you travel across the country to play other teams? Yes, there are big clubs and small clubs in Louisiana, and I was a part of a club called Red Storm. It was a small club, and uh, we traveled locally. So we traveled to Florida, Alabama, uh, New Orleans, which is in-state. Yeah, so places like around Louisiana, literally surrounding it, that's where we traveled. But a bunch of other bigger clubs traveled to Vegas and everything, but my club is now local around. It's cool to hear that you knew you wanted to play college. When did that become a serious goal, either with you approaching schools or you getting approached to tournaments or even maybe some of your coaches telling you you could play at the next level? Like, what was the process when you started looking more seriously at specific schools? Yeah, so I think my whole life has almost been like little goals at a time. So when I was in fifth grade, I was like, okay, I really want to make the team. I hope I make the team. And then um, in high school, when I tried out, I was like, my goal is just to make varsity. Once I make varsity, my life is made. <laughs> and then 
when I was in club, I was like, okay, I really want to play college ball. Like, I just want to play college volleyball. And my next goal was I want to be D1. I want to go D1. And yeah, and so as I made those goals and accomplished those little at a time, I think my life has just been made of small little goals. So I think that's when I really wanted to play club. Uh, I mean, college volleyball is, was that? I would say sophomore year, maybe junior year of high school, I think is when I really wanted to play college. I think sophomore year of high school. Nice. Nice. And when did you start doing like visits or start looking like, uh, for you to go out of state, like, was that a goal you had? Did you want to stay close to home or like when Hawaii gave you the call, was that your first pick? Like, how did you, how did you end up at uh, U of H? Oh, I wanted to move as far away as possible. And I hope my parents don't kill me with that. <laughs> I love them. I had a great childhood to explore outside of Louisiana in itself. And I saw how many uh, talented colleges there were at volleyball from like Wisconsin to Minnesota. I didn't care which uh, weather I went to. I just wanted to be a part of a great volleyball program. And so I came into contact with Hawaii uh, with all the many colleges I emailed. Like I said, I came from a small club. So so I decided I really wanted to email all of them. So one of them was Hawaii. I came across a YouTube video of Hawaii playing um, a team. And I don't know if they won the specific point that I was watching, but it was such a long rally and they worked so hard and it was just literally the effort. So hearing from Brooks Adore when we had him on the show, it, it sounds like volleyball is the sport at, at Hawaii. So did you get that feeling when you finally got on campus? Like, did it feel special that uh, both men's and women's indoor volleyball, that's the one that people are going to talk about? Like, do you get recognized at the grocery store? Like, do you feel like you actually have fans? One of the things the coaches said before coming here, they said, oh my gosh, like the uh, supporters, they will make you feel like a celebrity of some sort. And I was like, wait, what? And so um, I realized now that Hawaii doesn't have a professional sport, they love like the volleyball there. The volleyball culture is huge. And so going there made me feel like playing for something bigger than myself. As corny as it sounds, that's just the way it is volleyball world is huge here we get at least like eight to ten thousand a game it's like a magic arena to play in so i just love playing here and uh the people yeah going to the grocery store even as you have a bad game so you mentioned like your goal setting and how you progress and how you mentioned i want to play varsity and then i want to start and then i want to do these things did you have the same mindset when you finally arrived at d1 so now you've arrived you're on campus you're on the squad but uh, how like shortly did it turn into like I want to be a starter. I want to be one of the best players in the big West. I want to be one of the best players in the country. Even like, how did you kind of look at goal setting now that you were a D one athlete? Wow. That's a, that's a good question. It's almost like I had to almost prove to myself that I I can accomplish these goals. So uh, when it was before, when I got recruited, one of my goals was I want to start, you know, I want to see if I can make a difference here. And um, I'm just going to follow, and I, but I just really want to start. And so I accomplished that goal, and then little by little, I uh, was thinking, okay, wow, like I actually am learning a lot here. We have one of the best coaches ever. And little by little, uh, with my team giving me confidence and everything like that, uh, your surroundings really do matter. And I think they really made me confident in my playing ability as well. So uh, yeah, one of my goals were to like 
trying to be one of the best middles in the country, like all that, other, all that other stuff too. And just having that mindset, I think, uh, really helps you get better in itself because it makes you want to practice even harder. So, yeah. And were there any, uh, vets on the team? I'm glad you mentioned the coaches, but I was wondering if there was any seniors either in your position group or just on the squad that make you feel comfortable. Cause I imagine the jump from club to D one is a pretty big one, right? Yes. And, uh, like I said, for my club, uh, it was a slower pace. And so coming from club volleyball to college volleyball, the pace was probably the biggest adjustment I had to make. Like I was running from pin to pin. Volleyball players get, especially middles, I was running from side to side and not catching up. And uh, it was really frustrating. I was crying almost every night because I wanted to get it. But um, I just couldn't. But after a while, I started to pick it up. And uh, I think out of my years of volleyball, these are probably when coming into my freshman year, the seniors on my team were like the best I could have asked for. They really made a difference. Uh, and they were really like a, a stepping stone to gaining confidence as a team. We went far that year as well. We made it to the Sweet 16. And I truly believe the seniors are one of the big reasons why we made it that far. And one of the big reasons why uh, I'm the player I am today. So. Yeah, we had a great seniors. <laughs> yeah, take me uh, behind the scenes with their first year because I don't think you're exaggerating at all. The speed of the game and especially the position you play probably gets exaggerated. So when you're having to like close blocks in system and the setters are just absolutely slinging it, like was it technique you needed to work on? Was it just getting used to the speed? Was it getting used to other like athletic people on your team? Like how did you stop being so stressed and start to feel like you belonged? Wow, it was almost a mix of everything because uh, coming from club, you know, that almost not um, technique really gets you uh, looks like it's just I think I just had uh, a sort of raw talent like I would just run up to the ball and hit it. But in college, it's different. You need your footwork, uh, certain type of footwork um, gets you faster to the pin. And um, I've really had to buckle down on technique, I feel like. And seeing these other players, because there were um, four other middles, I think, as well, seeing these other players uh, have faster pace as well, I was just like, okay, I really need to, uh, this is good because they're helping me as well. So, and then uh, uh, setters as well. We had um, two great setters, Brandon Bailey, uh, my freshman year slinging the ball from pin to pin and I'm trying to make it to the pin. So I just really had to stay patient, especially two weeks before season is when uh, the freshmen can come and practice. So I just really had to buckle down those two weeks and stay patient was my thing. I had to stay patient. I journaled a lot because I just wanted to see where my head was at, you know, and um, I think all those really helped. Uh, But the key word was patient. I just had to stay patient. Yeah. And if it's not too personal, I always love when uh, guests can share what they have in their journal, just in case somebody's looking for a template. So are, are you somebody who just writes how you're feeling? Like a lot of thoughts, do you have like a start, stop, continue, or like a template you use? Like when you're journaling, uh, how have you found it to be like beneficial for you? Yes. Okay. So, um, my freshman year, uh, there was a thing and then I did it for two weeks straight. And that obviously is grueling in itself. And so, uh, we're also like in, um, you know, close parameters, all sleeping uh, in the same dorms um, to get closer, you know, team bonding. And, 
And so I would try to find time to myself to really journal. And for people, I don't know if that are spiritual out there, I would just find a scripture each morning and read it. So I can, you know, gain some, you know, insight, uh, being calm and everything. It's also meditated. Crazy as it sounds. I looked at motivational videos and they really helped me, uh, like, just find motivation. Uh, like, just from professional athletes uh, saying how to, how to just find that grit and not to be scared. Because I was a freshman and I was thinking, oh, my gosh, like, a freshman, like, I'm not going to play really helped. I wish I had my actual journal from a long time ago to read because I really wouldn't. But I just remember I was very emotional though because every little mistake I would think I'm not going to uh, be the player I wanted to be, you know. But mistakes really help you grow. So that's what I wish I knew back then. Yeah, that's so cool. Thanks for sharing that. So when your number does get called, I'm just looking at some of the box scores when you when you were playing. And I mean, it, it gets tested. And I mean, you had a tough game against Washington here where I see you hit like a minus. But then uh, a couple of weeks later against West Virginia, you got 17 points. So what was it like when you got like confirmation for those moments where like, sure, you're struggling, but you still feel like you're getting better and you contribute. And then all of a sudden it just starts to click and you start popping off on the score sheet. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because freshman year, I kid you not, it was just a mental roller coaster. I um, one game I wouldn't play well, the next game I feel like I'd be getting a groove, and the next game I feel like I wouldn't play well. And those days, I would literally, I kid you not, go in the bathroom <laughs> and just cry. It sounds so dramatic, but it was just so important to me to like as athletes. I feel like important to perform well because in college you can just get taken out or any moment in college uh, and I think back then I didn't have the right set I just thought like I do not want to get taken I just want to stay in the game you know but uh, I think I really started finding my groove ever since I just mentally was like okay don't even think about being getting taken out just really think about how can I get better? How can I find a groove? Look at your teammates. How can they help you? How can you help your teammates? And those other things other than myself really expands your game. So uh, yeah, that's, I think, is one of the reasons why I just started getting a little bit of a rhythm, you know, really playing for others besides myself. Yeah, that, that's so cool to hear. So anyone who's ever like seen you play or seen clips, uh, I'm glad you mentioned earlier in the show that you used to just run at the ball and try to like basically hit like a straight up and down set. But uh, obviously at the university level, you're hitting like a slide and a step around and you're hitting all of these fast sets. So uh, I'm curious on defense, it feels like you're chasing the ball and there's a lot to learn. But what did you do on the offensive side to kind of close that gap as well? On the offensive side, it's almost uh, the same as defense. Um, I needed to just be faster. Every time I went up for a set, you already know middles, you have to be almost in the air when the setter is touching the ball. You're late. You're late. You're late. <laughs> every single time, you're late. You're late. You're late. You're late. Uh, freshman year, like almost every ball, just late, late, late. And so I think that uh, was the biggest adjustment is getting up. That there's also a block in front of me, so I can't just hit it straight down, you know? And you can tip, you corners, anything the point, you know? So, um, I just really had to, uh, really get out of the, I think high school or club mindset and just realize that these girls 
<laughs> these girls um, have been practicing for four years as well. So uh, yeah, it was it was also the pace I think offensively that I needed to uh, get um, work on. Did you ever feel like your your mindset changed? Like it sounds like you're always chasing the next goal and things continue, but like uh, again, just looking at score sheets, like there's been matches where you'll have like 24 kills on 37 attempts, and it's just uh, unreal the volume you're getting and the hitting percentage. Like you're getting 20. 27, 28 points a match here. It looks like, like it sounds so awesome of a story that you were just kind of happy to be playing D1 at one point, And now you're one of the best players in the country. So did you ever feel like you do belong and you've made it? Or are you always just finding like these little goals to keep reaching for? Well, um, that's a good question. My uh, club coach, I remember when I got, um, when I got recruited here, my last year, she was said, she always says like, you have not arrived. She always says that like, you have not arrived. And I think that's such a good mentality to have because any goal you make, even if you achieve it, you still haven't arrived, you know, because you should always be planning to get better ahead. And I know everyone says that, but it's truly true. Like if I stop trying now, then there would really be no point to the goals I have um, ahead of me and, uh, or I wouldn't be able to accomplish them. So I think it's always fun. Volleyball is amazing because it's almost like you don't really peek at it. You just have so much to learn every time because the game's always evolving, you know. So I've never <laughs> thought that I have arrived. I'm definitely giving myself some credit, though, coming from um, what I came from in high school and uh, getting better and everything like that. I always have to give myself some grace at times because uh, I'm too nitpicky, but um, I always have to give my, myself some grace at times. But I've never arrived yet. So hopefully I keep getting better. And yeah, I keep pursuing the goals I have. Yeah, let's go there just to give the listeners an example, because I think it is fascinating that you're always wanting more and you're always improving. And that's great to hear. But uh, that, that gets tested sometimes. And I think if you're not appreciating where you've come from, you can be really hard on yourself. So when you either you get a personal award, uh, either in the Big, Big West or ACAC or, or your team does well, like how do you celebrate those moments without being satisfied? Because I think if nothing's good enough, right, it starts to gruel on you. And if you're in a bad mood or having a bad day, I'm sure it adds up. So how do you like celebrate it while still still like working for the next thing? Yeah, um, I think it, it's a great way to celebrate goals by um, realizing, almost have the vision that, okay, my team has come very far from preseason to the Big West, and now we're Big West champs, you know? It's great to um, recognize and acknowledge how far you've come than just settling, you know? Just like me going from um, my freshman year, just making the team. Well, now I want to make varsity. I uh, Now that I made varsity, I'm not just going to settle. What else can I do? You know, how else can we win a state championship? Things like that. There's always something ahead to look forward to. While at the same time, give yourself some grace. Because if you don't give yourself grace, your head can literally explode. Last year, I think... Uh, I think it was after sophomore year, beginning of my junior year of college. I, uh, after, after doing all well the previous season, I would say uh, it was a good season for me. After doing well that season, it's almost like you feel like you can't make a mistake next season. And so during practice, I would literally get so mad at myself uh, if I made a mistake, like thinking I shouldn't be making this mistake. Well, Amber, you're human. Like you're not perfect. And I just had to really realize that I'm not perfect. And if I don't celebrate 
wins, then it's 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 not going to be enjoyable, uh, you know, growing to get the big ones, you know. So that's what I really had to learn. Yeah, this is so cool to hear. And I, I'm wondering when other external stuff starts to kick in, whether it's the popularity of your own team playing at home in front of fans or uh, playing in that tough conference you do, or uh, it looks like you guys play uh, UCLA or USC quite often. Like, do you ever get distracted about big matchups or like maybe you're in the tournament and you're playing Nebraska and you're like, oh, I, I watched them on ESPN or something like how do you manage like your not only your personal expectations, but when that outside noise starts to creep in too? Um, a big thing for me. I just always want our team to do well. It's like high expectations for ourselves. And uh, sometimes when we don't get the outcome, it gets so hard on um, us as a team. Like we, we really do have, have high expectations of ourselves. So when we play like a big team, we really have to just not focus on the name, to be honest. We have to really focus on our ability, our side of the net, and what we can do to take the other team down which I think a lot of players would agree with me with. You really can't look at the name because on our side of the nails. Now, uh, you mentioned journaling, you mentioned team building, you mentioned like staying in the dorms, but uh, I think something unique to the Hawaii team is just how much you guys recruit. Uh, it looks like all over the world where you might have a couple of Europeans, uh, you might have some Canadians, you might have uh, somebody from Ohio, somebody who's like local to Hawaii. So how do you guys all find a way to connect? Because uh, it, it looks like literally geographically, you might be one of the most spread out teams in the NCAA, right? Yes. <laughs> would definitely say so um i feel like just such a melting pot obviously coming to so it's great having all these ethnicities all these races and um people coming from europe people coming from hungary people coming from turkey we've had someone and almost everywhere come to our uh, on our team as well as our coaching staff which and we used to be a coach here used to uh choose from um from sweden so i just think that our team was so close last year, like one of the closest teams I've, I've ever been on. And it's so beautiful to have that because we don't all look the same. We don't all talk the same. We don't, we weren't brought up the same, but we all somehow had that common respect and uh, wit and love. And I think it just made us so close last year. So yeah, it's a beautiful have you found a way to kind of crack the code? Because I think coaches are always looking for team building or trust building or stuff like that. But is honestly the best way just to get everybody in a room together and just spend a lot of time together and let your guard down? Like, uh, I don't think trust falls are making you guys as competitive as you are. But uh, what is the secret to connecting all these athletes from all over the world? Wow. So the secret, I feel like, is no judgment. I feel like, like, it's easy for someone to judge me. It's easy for someone to judge someone else. But I think all of us on our team have different personalities and everyone understands those different personalities. No one's trying to change anyone. I think we're way too old to be doing that anyway. Like we're, there's teams where I would say 19 to 22 year olds. And we all understand that our personality is so developing or some of us just have been growing up with this personality. So we have all come from different backgrounds and it's a great approach that we've all taken to embrace that person, embrace their personality and just realize that's who we all are. So I think the key is almost no judgment.
And, and I like how you shared uh, your goal setting and your progress, but I'm wondering how the team does it. Like, are you a team who likes to say, you know, if we don't win the big West this year, like it's a disappointment, like that's our goal. Are you more like process and let's install like our, our blocking scheme in preseason. And if we get better at that, that's a win. Like uh, how do you like to look at not only like your personal goals, but how are you guys setting up your team goals? Yeah. Team goals, uh, make a goal collectively as a team, even within each practice. Sometimes we say, well, we're going to work on. And, uh, we've been playing with each other long enough to understand what we need to work on as well. And, uh, so as a team, we'd be like, okay, we need to dedicate this time to really grind in our serving, or we really need to grind in our passing right now, our defense, that last game, wasn't as good, so we need to be better with blocking defense. And so sometimes it comes from learning from past experiences, and other times it's from just assessing practice and knowing what we need to work on. Yeah, we're very good at that. I would I would say uh, from individual to team goals to even like practice and then to game goals. So we we do really well at that. Our standard is high. Um, I feel like at Hawaii volleyball. And it's almost like we not just expect to try to win Big West, but we work hard every day to try to uh, win Big West as well. Like we know it's not handed to us, so we know we have to work hard at it. I'm wondering how you guys as a squad deal with the added distraction that literally every away game is an airplane trip somewhere else. Right. So I imagine you're missing school or you got to make it up somehow else or uh, even just like the, the, the tediousness of being on an airplane and being at so many airports, like how do you guys deal with like the, the travel? Cause I'm sure in your first year, it's really exciting to be a pro athlete and be on an airplane and all that stuff. But I imagine around second and third year, it's kind of a little bit dreading. So how have you dealt with the, the travel that comes with playing in Hawaii? Yeah, I feel that's one of the things that they're coming here is worried about, you know, the travel and the university of Hawaii, the professors are accommodating and you just have to manage your time. Some people do homework on the plane. They do homework in the airport. And it's easy to get distracted. But as long as you communicate with your teachers, uh, how our team does, we communicate with our teachers and we just uh, work every chance we can get. We even like have a two-hour study hall on the road uh, between like practices. But um, knowing before you come to Hawaii, you know the travel, how grueling it could be. But uh, you just have to make it as well so uh, we're traveling with each other about half the time so is that something that the coach takes on or i guess a manager would be in charge of that role that literally every like long weekend when you're away you guys are setting up study hall like uh, you have a i guess a staff there that's in charge of logistics of making this stuff work we have um staff that's in charge of that even our coach sometimes comes into our study hall that's like two hours and a lot of hotels have meeting rooms and we're in those meeting rooms uh with a projector and we all and it's just like a little coffee shop <laughs> as he was as you would call it so nice nice and also just kind of jumping ahead with your career here uh you made the u.s collegiate national team so it, as a canadian i'm just not that familiar with the process so are you identified are you invited to try out is an open tryout like how did you get to be named to this squad yes okay so um there is a tryout last year i tried out for the usa collegiate team and I was so scared. I was like, oh my gosh, coming from Hawaii. And I worked my way up and I made um, the team. And they're having another tryout this year. And I am going to, I'm going to one and I was invited. And I'm just like so grateful 
to be playing uh, with these group of girls. So I'm, I'm really excited and I'm, I'm going to have everyone stay tuned because I'm going to be uh, showing everyone like the process and what it's like to, to, uh, to be in like the, you know, USA pipeline and all that stuff like that. So it's, it's really exciting. And to try out for that, did you have to go to uh, like, like the senior team center in Anaheim there? Like how many athletes have you had to guess attended this tryout? Last year, I think there were about 200 girls or maybe 150 of college girls. And uh, they split them up into three groups. And because obviously 200 girls can't practice all at once. And when they split them up to three um, groups and that was in Colorado. And then uh, after that, they would go to Anaheim. And so I think this year I'm just going straight to Anaheim. And I'm really fortunate for that as well. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that's so cool to hear about the U.S. process. I can't imagine two athletes, uh, 200 athletes, excuse me, at one tryout. So uh, I am curious, though, when you get to Anaheim, are you around uh, the other national team athletes? Like, what, did you have a starstruck moment or did you recognize somebody and go like, oh, I've, I've seen you play at the Olympics before? Like, are you around the uh, the senior athletes when you're in Anaheim? Oh, my gosh. Say that I was starstruck. I definitely was. Because I, since I was younger, I used to watch the USA women's volleyball and carts coaching. So even seeing Karch Karai in uh, her set is just almost like a starstruck moment for me. And even probably, <laughs> even shaking his hand, I was like, oh my gosh, because just the respect I have for him and the women's team is just so large. Winning a gold medal uh, for the first time is just so crazy in itself. So seeing um, a lot of the middles that I watched, like Haley Washington and Chia, are just... Uh, like such an such amazing um, women to watch um, play this sport, and yeah, I was definitely starstruck and taking notes in my head. <laughs> it, it was amazing. Did you get much interaction with Karch other than like just uh, getting to learn? Like uh, he he learned your name and everything like that. Like, did he get to run a session for your squad, or he was busy with the the senior A team? Yes, um, the, the in Colorado, uh, the last group he coached them, and uh, it was almost like. He said a replica of a women's practice. So being a part of that was just so rewarding. And I was so grateful just to be coached by them. And um, in Anaheim, I think this was when I think VNL was happening um, in Anaheim this past year. I think so. Or a tournament was happening. And he was uh, busy coaching the women's team. So uh, we could watch their practice for like two days and I saw him coaching them and it was so awesome. He greeted all the girls and he's just such a nice guy. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> now, obviously you're a D1 athlete, so I'm sure like uh, you're used to high intensity environments and the just the encouragement of learning. But uh, anytime I see some media on Karch in the gym, I mean, he's got a ginormous whiteboard and there's so many keys to each skill and there's a ton of information. Like, uh, I'm curious, do all U.S. teams kind of run it that way where there's, there's just a, a huge focus and value on learning and there's a lot of information being shared? Yeah, I would say they're really big on fundamentals and just doing everything consistently. And they definitely have a system and their system works, obviously, because they want a gold medal. And yeah, they definitely have a system, making everything simple. And uh, like the simpler, I feel like the better for them. So they do like, uh, like the middles only hit like three hits but they're like great at it. You know, they don't have to make things complicated and it's like um, a traditional gold medal system. And 
it's great because I, I like how his mentality is the simpler, the better. Let's be good at the simple things, you know? Uh, that's so cool to hear. So even though you're on the collegiate team, like there's still a pipeline to go to uh, like possibly the VNL. Like when you watch them play, you guys were learning the same system. Yes. Um, in Colorado, they were telling us uh, the system they run and how, like I said, how simple it was before. And yeah, so it's almost like they're teaching us and paving the way um, to us potentially being on the women's team, which is really scary, but really exciting um, at the same time. So, Yeah. Sorry to put you on the spot. I was wondering if you could just give an example of how much they value, like the, like you said, the, the simpleness of it, because I imagine it is quite complex and I'm wondering how do they make it simple? Because you watch uh, even some vets like Courtney Thompson, like jumping off one foot and the way she was setting the ball, like that wasn't a simple offense, but maybe the way they teach it is quite simplified. So uh, how did they make everybody feel comfortable and know what their role is, even though like they're playing at the highest level? Yeah, so um, what I mean simple is like their offensive um, routes. So like the outside hits, uh, the go balls, like the fast go balls, and then middles hit like threes, ones, and slides. And that's basically it. And it's not like they're doing these combo plays or anything like that. But I think their mentality is let's be really good at the simple stuff. And when you're really good at the simple things, you don't really need to do anything extra. So uh, that's what I mean by like uh, simple routes, you know. Nice, nice. And was there a competition attached to this or this was just an opportunity to get you on the pathway and into the national team system? This year, maybe ever since COVID, they, uh, this is almost like just a pipeline right now. And we get like really great training and, be, and get to see the girls and everything like that. So it's just uh, now it's just being able to be coached by like the best of the best. That's awesome in itself, to be honest. And were you able to take anything back to your team? Like obviously playing against better people and knowing what it's going to take, but was there anything that you could kind of pass on to your teammates about, you know, seeing the inside of the U S system that you could maybe be like a bigger leader with your team or just pass on some knowledge. Cause I'm sure everybody's all ears and wants to have the same spot playing for the national team someday. Right. But going back, you know, I was so happy to be with my team as well. And uh, I almost had the mentality of just trying to translate what I learned over here to admit it with what the Hawaii coaches are also telling me. So, uh, yeah, I also saw it as an opportunity to uh, help out by trying to be better for my team, you know? Now, uh, as a Canadian, uh, we, we are fans of the NCAA, but I'm not sure we always know what's uh, the insight here. So obviously your competition season is over, uh, but you're a junior. So can you just give us a behind the scenes? What does it look like right now? Like, I know you're technically in off season, but are you still working out? Are you guys still allowed to train? Is this the time to focus on school? Like, what is it like in, in January for a D1 athlete? In spring for volleyball, um, there's spring training still. So waking up early in Hawaii, that's how we do it. We wake up early. And fortunately, I'm graduating this so I'm in a few classes. Uh, and I get a little bit of more downtime. In volleyball around the country is really time to really tweak what you want to fix. And because uh, during season, it's go, go, go. And you don't really have time to fix anything because the next week is game day. So spring is really the time where people make a 360 and you get better at the things you want to get better. Uh, you can change offense. You can change defense, how you, uh, your style of defense, your style of offense. So yeah, I'm really excited for the spring. I have a lot of things I want to get better 
uh, before this um, season. So yeah, I'm really excited for spring. Yeah, this has been so cool to hear about your career and the behind the scenes and all the learning you've done and to pass that on to us. But uh, uh, on this show, one tradition we've tried to build in is even though you're you're playing at the highest level and still achieving more, something uh, odd or funny must have happened along the way. So I was wondering if you could share a unique story before we let you go. <laughs> well, I um, funny enough, now when we were talking about USA Volleyball, I was in the, um, on the with the collegiate girls. Uh, I have like a nut allergy. So I have a cashew nut allergy. And, um, you know, I was, they were, they were serving us pasta and there was like um, a white sauce. And my mom always says to ask before I eat, but I was just so hungry. And um, I literally ate the white sauce and it was like a vegan um, sauce. And it had like, I think cashews in it. And I ate it. And oh my goodness, I thought I could practice after that. I almost like fainted. It was a crazy, crazy experience. And uh, luckily, USA Volleyball, they they helped me out. And obviously, they had great doctors and everything. But it was so scary. But it was funny at the same time because after... I missed the I missed the last day and it was like a three hour practice where we we're gonna like scrimmage and it was probably the most fun day as well. So I missed that because I was getting taken care of and then after I come into the room with all the players and they just all start clapping and laughing and I start laughing and I was crying as well and it was just such a funny moment. Like I wish I had the video. It was just so funny because I got close with a lot of the girls from there too. So they were all like, where's Amber? Where's Amber? Little did they know I was like just down bad from a nut allergy. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like you said, uh, it's probably scary in the moment. I'm glad it worked out. It's funny to look back on, but uh, yeah, that, that's pretty scary. And the stakes were pretty high. I'm glad you could still find a moment to kind of laugh at yourself a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very funny. <laughs> Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for for reaching out and being a friend of the show. I definitely learned a lot and it was great to kind of get the behind the scenes of your career so far and best of luck with everything else you're doing. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.